Welcome to our Fimi. This is Saratova Best. Let's talk about red soup. Red soup, where in Parsha's told us, and everybody knows the story about red soup. But, of course, when you think about it, we'll say the story in a second, you know, very briefly, but when you think about it, um, how does it help us? Today, when you're looking for a parking spot for your car or or whatever you're doing, you ordered shoes and they didn't have your size, how does it help you that somebody asked for red soup? That Asa asked for red soup, right? How does it help you? How does it affect your life, the fact that there's a story about Asa having asked for red soup? So let's go back for a second and ask, what exactly was happening? So, of course, we know that, that Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov and Asa were twin twin brothers. Everybody knows that. And Asa was a man of the field, to say the least. And he came in from hunting and all the immoral things that he was doing from the field. And there was red soup, lentil soup, being cooked by Yaakov Avinu. And it was for because for the morning, the meal of mourning for their Zayda. Avram Avinu. And of course, um, we know that of this man of the field, was famished and said, give me that red, red stuff. So, right, and he said, and, and Yaakov said, okay, since you're the firstborn, and in Yaakov's mind, you don't deserve the firstborn rights because kind of look at the way you're living your life. If you're going to give birth to Klal Yisrael, to the Bnei Yisrael, you're going to be the father of Bnei Yisrael. Um, you kind of need to clean up your act. You're 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 living in a pretty immoral way, and um, this is not who the Jewish people want as their their zeta. So for you to be the firstborn isn't going to be very good. Sell it to me. And anyway, we know that Asa said, "Sure, no problem. What do I need it for anyway? What's it? It's not worth anything." And, of course, he felt that way because he was the man of the field, or we call it the man of the senses, you know, just eat, drink, and be merry, and etc. take advantage of people in an immoral way, God forbid. So he sold it for this bowl of red soup. So here's the question. Remember, we said we have our own challenges today. How does that affect my life, knowing that he sold his birthright for a bowl of red soup. So red is the word, and we'll only give you sort of the very bare bones of a very deep Kabbalistic idea. But red is the word Adam. And he was called Admaini. He was called Admaini, Adam, because he was red. Red hair, he came out born fully, you know, fully hairy, full head of hair and kind of like an adult with all that red hair. He was the Adam guy, Admaini. Now, Annie had red complexion. And, of course, you know, there are speakers who say, um, you know, recently we had a president who's very much, you know, an Asav representative. And, by the way, through him you see the real transformation of Asav. Not through him, but but you get to see how far we've gotten the transformation of Asav. Um, I'm just going to stop on that for a minute because the it used to be a klal that Asav hates Yaakov, and the real the original Asav, red hair, red temperament, red skin, 
you know, shoots off his mouth a lot, uh, not very genteel um, ways of being, etc. You know, tell you straight to your face what he thinks is wrong with you. That was Asaph. And, um, you know, the, you know, we have an Asaph in our times also, Asaph, a representative of Asaph, being true true to the way of Asaph. You know, red hair, red complexion, says it as it is, doesn't mince words, uh, you know, quite um, strong in his opinions, and it has uh, an advantage and a disadvantage. But what's fascinating for us is to see, number one, the evolution of Asaph. From Asaph was there, he hated us. He hated Yaakov Avinu to the point where we've moved to up to now after a few thousand years of our Avaida where we've done so much to purify the world that Asav, that Asav with the red hair and the red complexion and the opinionated uh, way of running the country um, was really looking and hopefully continues to seek to help the Jewish people. That's revolutionary. That's a sign of the times, of Geula times, of stepping into Geula. So let's go back to, you know, when this all started, the bowl of red soup. So when when Asaph saw that bowl of lentil soup that Yaakov was cooking, he said, give me this red, red stuff. Give me min ha-dum ha-dum ha-zeh. Give me from this red, red stuff. And he said it twice which there are all kinds of reasons, Kabbalistic reasons, to explain why, why twice, the double red, red, adum, adum. If you turn the words adum around, it's ma'id. Adum, ma'id. Mem, alaf, dalid. Um, alaf, dalid, mem. Ma'id. What is ma'id? You know how we say, so ma'id goes on infinity, bleak rule, something that has no limitations, something that's just, you know, not nice and conservative and and quiet and polite, but zero limitations. It really, bleak rule, no limitations. Like the gula will have no limitations. So, and he was adraseer, which that shows on Yud Gimel Tikkunei Dikna, uh, it's a Kabbalistic concept that I am not able to um, unravel for anybody. But add that to the mix. So Asa said, give me this red, red soup. And what we, he was saying, give me the Adam, give me the Ma'id, give me Bligvul. Now, why is he asking Yaakov for Bligvul? Give me an unli- and power of unlimit- unlimitness, limitlessness. And there's a reason. Because Asav denotes, in the relationship between the soul and the body, within every single Jew, Yaakov denotes the soul. Asav denotes the body. Yaakov is from the world of Tikkun. Asav is from the world of Taihu, a, a very wild place. And all of these combinations are denoted by Yaakov and Asav. Yaakov was the the pure the pure one. Each time he sat and learned Tyra, devoting himself to truth, devoting himself to higher things. 
Asa was like, let's go out into the fields, conquer whomever we can and whatever we can, eat, drink, and be merry. This is it. Asab denotes the body. Kabbalistically, Asab denotes the body. Yaakov denotes the soul. Now, when you think of it, one of them is limited. One of them is called Gvul, limited, and one is Bligvul, unlimited. For instance, if you go on the scale, you weigh a certain amount right now. You don't weigh any weight. You know, well, I might weigh 150, 250, 98, 620. You weigh a particular thing right now. And you're a particular height right now. And you have these many cells in your body. And you have this color hair, etc. Things can change. But right here, right now, you are a limited being. Your body is hopefully, hopefully, hopefully two arms, two legs, two eyes, one nose, two ears, etc. Limited. Not 5,000 eyes and not... 600 ears and not and an, you don't have an infinite number of ears you have two so your body is very limited that remember that, that's ace of denotes the body very limited your soul we don't see the soul as being limited we see it as unlimited you know how many how how many uh feet and inches is the soul I mean, you can't measure the size of the soul. Well, what temperature is the soul? You know, what's your body temperature? Well, 98.6. Well, what's the temperature of your soul? Temperature of your soul? I mean, it's it's infinite. Your soul is infinite. It's just it's not occupying a particular space, except when it goes into the body. It's limited. It's, it's finite. Uh, sorry, your soul is infinite. And your body is finite. Great. Now... We're about to come to the point of Matan Taira. And guess what's going to happen? The infinite is going to merge with the finite. The spiritual is going to merge with the physical. The soul is going to merge with the body. Holiness is going to merge with the physical world. All of that. So, as a preparation for that, there is Asav. And with Yaakov, soul, body and soul. And the body is essentially saying to the soul, give me your unlimitedness, your bleakful. You're a soul. You don't have any limitations. A soul doesn't occupy space and can accomplish anything forever. And it lives forever. Everybody knows that. But a soul lives forever. The body says, give me that quality. Give me the bleak vul. The This can last forever and this can go in any direction and it, it's not limited to any size. Give me that. You know how in the world today there are all these courses teaching you how to um, embrace the infinite. You can be successful even if you only have five cents in your wallet. You can become a millionaire in the next three months, and, you know, you just have to believe and all that stuff, right? Everybody is familiar with that. And it's not crazy. It's based on something. So where does that start? So when the physical world, the body, which is part of the physical world, and the physical world in general comes along and says, 
I also want infinite powers. The body of a Jew. Right now, it lasts only for a certain number of years. In Yemais Mashiach, it will last forever. Every Jew will live forever. That's bleak vol. No limit. It doesn't end. It goes forever. Not only how long we will live, how we will live. All the limitations of, you know, you get older, you feel weaker, and you're more tired. Gone. All the things we're used to, all those limitations of the body will be gone. Yes, it will work through nature so that there will be discoveries in science so that many of the problems that we had that limit the body will no longer be there. It's true. But it all comes from this interaction in which Asaph, denoting the body, says to Yaakov, you are unlimited, the soul. Give me some of that. Give me that red, that ma'id, that unlimited kayach. And from that moment on, it's a moment in history. We it paved the way for Matan Taira, when all that infinite spirituality, infinite godliness, would come down into a cough drop, um, a zinc lozenge, you know, a slipper, uh, a vacuum cleaner. It would come down into that, and the body of a Jew. And so, just to end off here, it says. Because Dafka, specifically, when the soul goes into the body to purify it, this Asaph comes along and says, give me minha adamha damazeh. Because Asaph recognizes that there's something that he has to derive from Yaakov. There has to be a partnership. It's interesting what we said about politically. Ultimately, it started off with Esav and Yaakov were born together, and then Ace, it's, it switched into Esav hating us. But it goes all through history until it comes to the point where Esav and Yaakov come together again for a unified purpose to bring the revelation of Hashem into this world. And so, let's end with this Nakuda. When it says, Vayibas Esav, Esav he threw away his firstborn rights. He despised it. It says, Vayibas, he despised it from the word Biza in a positive way. The reason he said, what do I need my firstborn status for? I've got something be- better. I have access to the, to the revelation of the essence of Hashem, to the truth. And therefore, in partnership with Yaakov Avinu, as we see today, that's where it's leading. In partnership with Yaakov Avinu, Asa is saying, what will be in the future, be, you know, show me the way. Shine your light on me and show me the way. So we look forward in this parsha of told us, birth that that part of us, that infinite kayach, it's been instilled in us. Yad, Ace of Asperit, give the body unlimited kayach. Ace of Asperit. And it's been given. And therefore we understand we have way more kayachs, way more power, way more abilities to accomplish, to do things than we, ha- than we even believe. 
because of this interaction and because of Matantara. And because as we enter the Geula, this is what we're being given. So we, may we use those kaichas, step into them fully, and usher in the Geula Mitzvah Shlema immediately now.